You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. I'm Peter Watts. Proposed changes to the Income Tax Act remain one of the headlines in Canadian news this past week. Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau conducted a couple of roundtables in the Maritimes to hear from Canadians about their thoughts on what the government is proposing. He also attended the annual meeting of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce in Fredericton, where he received a somewhat frosty welcome. Edmonton Chamber President Janet Riopel tells us that at this point, the minister seems determined to carry on with what has been proposed. Some huge impacts on small business are being proposed by the federal government at a time when we can ill afford any more hits to our bottom line in the, in the business community. So he seems determined uh, to pursue this course of action. It may take a vote in spring of 2019 to change his view. <laughs> well, I suppose, uh, you know, it seems that they're going to be uh, uh, trying to put things through faster than that. But really, uh, um, we, we were told uh, on a number of occasions today by Minister Marneau that these are still proposals and he's here to listen. Um, but, you know, we, we talked a lot uh, that with the minister and his finance officials. They say that there won't be tremendous impacts on, on the community, on the business community. And yet... Thousands of professionals, accountants, and experts in the field with small businesses across the country are saying these changes will have significant impact. You know, you know, proposing these changes, they'd have you believe that they're going after the wealthiest of the wealthy, but this is going to hurt middle-class families. For every small business owner who earns more than $250,000 a year, there are four who are making less than $40,000. So these changes are going to hurt them. A coalition of more than 40 interest groups has banded together to call for the federal government to back off on what it has proposed. Kevin Ock, chair of the Alberta Wheat Commission, says farmers and ranchers are very concerned about what the proposed changes might mean for those families whose holdings are set up in a private corporation. Right now, I think it's, I believe it's about 25% of, uh, of farms are incorporated. So, and, uh, you know, if you, if you want to get to a size that, uh, that you've got any kind of, kinds of economies of scale, um, the way, the, you know, the way that corporations work, it just, it just makes sense for, for families to create a corporation and, uh, and, you know, operate that way, you know, and taxes are, are one part of it, but you know, there's, there's other, other reasons to incorporate, but right now I think it's about 25% of all of the, of the farms in Alberta are incorporated. Well, it could be tax, it could be succession, uh, it could be income splitting. And, you know, you, you mentioned income splitting there, and that is one of the things that, uh, that this legislation is looking at. But, uh, you know, you could, you could income split to family members, but they, it had to be justified. And that's always been the case where, um, you know, you could pay your son uh, a wage, but he had to be doing something for it, right? You, couldn't, you can't just uh, split income and, and, uh, and not have uh, any, any value given to the company for that rate. So, and, and I don't think that part is actually changing, but, but, uh, you know, that's part of the, part of the unknown too. We want to make sure that that kind of stuff isn't going to, uh, um, cause uncertainty because, you know, if I'm, if I'm paying my son to, to do some work on my farm, um, 
he, you know, and he's doing the work. I don't want the government to to come after me and say, "Well, no, you can't uh, you can't do that." Right? If there's legitimate work being done, and we just want to make sure that kind of stuff, um, you know, is is clear and everybody understands it. The other thing I'd be concerned about if I was a landowner would be uh, succession. Uh, do I uh, do I still benefit by being philanthropic if I choose to go down that road? Uh, how do I hand my business off without ha- losing it because of the tax bill that might come with it, uh, resulting from proposed changes to the Income Tax Act? You can have a lot of money in land, but that doesn't mean that uh, it's cash, right? So. We have a lot of land, but it, it, it's just helping us to create an income. And, and those those margins that we create, those the levels of income that we create compared to the amount of uh, assets and land are fairly small. So if there's if there's a transfer, and uh, you know you're transferring this to the next generation, and yeah, you're talking big dollars, but you're still generating those small amounts of income, you can't afford to give a great big pile of tax money. Uh, to the government and keep the farm going, right? Like, uh, it, it just doesn't, the, the math is not there. The returns on that land are not that high that, that uh, you can transfer it and then give the government a great big share too. We're starting to get a sense of some of the changes being proposed. Trust and Estate Practitioner Norman Ewing from Macmillan Estate Planning picks up the story. The main changes that we're looking at here uh, is, is, is the government is looking at uh, changes with respect to um, in- income splitting with the corporation. So um, basically sharing the uh, the income of the corporation among a larger family group, uh, most likely. Looking at changes with respect to uh, investments uh, within corporations. So surplus uh, within a corporation that's, that's maybe invested uh, in passive things like real estate state or mutual funds or, or, or things like that. Um, and then, of course, the third uh, thing is uh, um, the uh, the surplus uh, uh, stripping. Uh, so we're looking at, uh, you know, a pretty significant, pretty uh, broad, uh, broad-reaching uh, tax changes that are, are really going to affect uh, all small businesses in Canada. What should be clear to every Canadian is the importance of having a plan in place to deal with these proposals. Don't wait for the legislation to be passed. Lisa Hanfield from Macmillan Estate Planning says the time to plan is right now. It's important to take action now in terms of the tax changes, even though there is a lot of resistance um, publicly to the tax changes and even from some members of parliament themselves, it does appear that the Liberal government wants to push ahead with these tax changes and if they do, they're likely going to be implemented starting January 1st, 2018, which means any planning would have to be done prior to December 31st of this year. With the changes coming, people have to look at, uh, you know, where they're currently structured and, and what they may qualify today. You know, when we're looking at a capital gains exemption, you, you know, with respect to a business, we're looking at uh, an entrepreneur that started that business up with uh, very little value to that business. Through hard work over a number of years, uh, you know, the, the shares of that business have, have gone up. Uh, and there's a potential capital gain on those, uh, which can be offset with the capital gains exemption. So the idea here is, uh, you know, if there's opportunities like that, that someone could qualify today, 
there's potential changes happening in the tax law coming. Uh, if we can qualify for something today, maybe we need to do some planning, maybe we need to set some things in motion so we can take advantage of that today uh, before the tax rules change uh, and uh, it may not be uh, the same advantage to the business owner. Everybody is different and, and, and these rules that are being talked about by the federal uh, government as we speak talk about entrepreneurs and talk about the holders of privately own Canadian controlled corporations. That could be somebody who's making $70,000 a year running a franchise, and it could be somebody who's got a business that's worth five or $10 million. And so the question will be how you apply a new set of rules to a whole range of companies in a wide range of businesses with differing levels of assets. And the bottom line to all of this is you better have a plan, and if you haven't got one, or if you have one and you think it might be impacted, you'd better call your financial advisor or call Macmillan Estate Planning today to start to get in, in tune with what might be coming down the trail. And that's the scope of these tax changes, uh, is it's not just the business, big businesses that are being uh, affected uh, by this. It's all uh, Canadian-controlled uh, uh, private corporations. And so, you know, whether it's multi-million uh, or whether it's, uh, you know, a scenario of, of, of around a million or something, uh, you know, those sorts of structures need to be reviewed um, to see if, if anything needs to happen uh, right away um, or uh, how these uh, changes will affect. The changes are just, like Norman was saying, simply too broad. Um, you know, they're, the Liberal government is claiming that they're targeted at the 1%, but they're actually going to affect many small businesses, franchises, anyone who's incorporated. And so it's really important that everyone understand how the changes impact their unique situation. And I think that's also why there's so much resistance to the changes. Let's talk about potential double taxation on death. What does that mean? Uh, double taxation on death, we're uh, really looking at uh, a corporate, uh, an estate uh, where there's uh, shares of a corporation in it. Uh, so, you know, when someone dies, uh, we're dealing with a situation uh, that there's a deemed disposition on that death. Um, the, um, you know, assets are, uh, are assessed at fair market value um, and, and taxes are calculated and, and knowing based on that. And, uh, you know, if uh, there's, uh, there's private shares as part of that, uh, then there could be a capital gain um, on the growth of those shares. And so unless we're, uh, you know, transferring this to a, you know, a spouse or a, a qualifying spousal trust or something like that, uh, in the event that someone passes away with, uh, with these sorts of shares, uh, we've got the potential that uh, there'll, there'll be a taxation um, on the fair market value of those shares on that deemed disposition. But then, uh, you know, that's not going to adjust the cost base of those shares going forward for the corporation. And so there's, there's that initial tax on passing, um, but then there could be an additional tax on those shares down the road if they were uh, sold uh, uh, or disposed of in some fashion. A lot of private Canadian corporations hold real estate in their portfolios. We'll talk about that in a moment on The Strong Room on News Talk 770.